Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. I'm Dallas Travers, and I am really glad you're here because this show is dedicated to giving you a clear path toward a coaching business you're truly proud of. Before I introduce my guest, you should know that we've opened up three spots inside the hive this month. We're really intentional about how we welcome, onboard, and serve our members, which is why we'll only open up about 75 spots for the whole year. So if you've been thinking about joining us and what you want is values-driven business mentorship from a coach who really cares about you, I invite you to apply. Once you do, the two of us will have a chance to meet. We'll discuss your goals. And if we agree that the Hive is the best path forward for you, I'll be happy to welcome you into the program. So you can apply for the Hive now at dallastravers.com slash apply. So my guest today is Bex Burton. She is a love and relationship coach, and Bex has been struggling for the last 18 months to really attract clients. Now, client attraction hasn't always been this challenging for Bex, so we've both been on the hunt for the past few months for that missing link that she really has been needing. I actually came into this episode feeling frustrated because Bex is just awesome and her work truly helps people. So what the heck have we been missing? Inside the Hive, we've been working on niching down for Bex and we've gotten close, but we haven't totally nailed it. But today's conversation was a turning point because rather than sticking to the traditional, often surface level approach to niching, Bex and I took a three-pronged approach. We focused on her audience and their shared experience. Then we looked at her process and what makes it unique from other love coaches out there, plus Bex's stance, what matters most to her. So with this deeper approach to niching, Bex and I uncovered three things. Number one, the core pillars all of her content must connect back to in order to really pack a punch. Number two, the value of reflecting her clients' beliefs and their lived experience in her messaging. And number three, the excitement that comes when you're willing to go all in on your stance in your marketing. So if you ever wonder how the heck to narrow your niche, stop narrowing your niche and instead go deeper. But if you've been wondering how to do that without pigeonholing yourself, this episode is a must listen. So let's get started. Bex Burton, welcome to the show today. I really want to thank you for raising your hand and volunteering. Mm, Thank you so much, Dallas. I so appreciate the opportunity to have this time with you and to be a guest on your podcast. So we were chatting a little bit before we began recording, and I think both of us agree that this conversation could go in a few directions. So I look forward to seeing where it takes us, and it's really my intention to hold space for at least the beginnings of a breakthrough today. I'm here for it. Thank you. Good. So before we dive into that, how's it going for you inside the (laughs) hive? Tell me about your hive friends. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I can't say enough wonderful things about the Hive community, the Hive content. Dallas, what you've created has been a breath of fresh air in my life. I believe that finding you and your work has resurrected my desire to be an entrepreneur. And it's just been a very supportive and 
nurturing environment. The people in it, I've made some wonderful friends, yeah, some great accountability buddies, and it just never ceases to amaze me the quality that continues to show up in this environment. And that's not even like touching on the content that you offer, the program itself. My little system's heart is so satisfied and overjoyed with the step-by-step video modules and the mm-hmm. the action guides. And, you know, these are just things that, believe it or not, not every business coach offers. And it's very, very heartening. And I'm very, very happy to be here. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. I feel like every call we have, I never want the calls to end. And I feel so lucky. Like, what kind of life? Look at the life I get to lead, where the last thing I want to do is end our coaching calls. So I just feel so at home with the community, and you are such a leader in the group. So I want to thank you for what you bring as well. Thank you. All right. So, what do you want to walk away with from our time together today? Great question. Well, I, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind is some clarity. Yeah. Um, some clarity of my message. You know, I, I know that's one of the things that we talked about, one of the directions mm-hmm. we could go in. I would also welcome clarity of next steps. I yeah. I know the path that I'm on. I know the track that I'm on within the Hive content, but I also welcome your two eyes on my unique situation right here, right now. So Yeah. Yeah. I want to add to that. Because, and we'll fill our listeners in on some backstory in a moment, but I sometimes, sometimes, I feel it coming up right now, I feel a little frustrated because, (laughs) right, not with you, but with this frustrated that these two smart women here can't Mm -hmm. find what I know when we find it is going to feel so freaking obvious, we're going to want to punch something, right? (laughs) There's a missing link here in your business that's causing some drag. And I feel like we're so close to it. It makes me feel itchy and a little antsy. So I'm just going to throw that out there too, that maybe we can chip away at that and find some clarity on what this invisible yet glaring missing link might be. Because you're so good at what you do and you have such a generous heart. There are people out there who need your work. And so it's our job to figure out what do we need to put in place for those right people to benefit from your work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you naming it and bringing the frustration to the table because that is certainly uh, an experience that I wrestle with on a daily basis. And, you know, but I I do feel like in, in your community specifically, and by your guide, I have been able to dial down the emotional impact of Mm -hmm. the results that I get in my business and just really focus on the data and the strategy and like depersonalize all of it. And so I just want to thank you for that. Mm. I don't know if that was something specific that you said, but just certainly, you know, the guidance that you give in focusing on data over drama and really making those distinctions. And my frustration level has diminished quite a bit (laughs) over the years, but yeah, I appreciate it being welcome and and just acknowledged. Great. So let's give our listeners some context. So yeah, we might talk about messaging here because that we have a feeling that that could be where the missing link is, but let's just fill everyone in because we're, we're alluding to this missing link and frustration and not everyone has been following along. So let's get everyone up to speed and then we'll dive in. Sure. Yeah. Backstory. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's There's time. A backstory. 
So I began expert in coaching as a love and relationship coach back in 2015. And as I mentioned, I experienced some moderate success out of the gate in the first, I'd say three years. Yeah. But, you know, being a new entrepreneur and being a new coach, I didn't really have anything to measure my success by except for the environment that I was in at the time, which was, I was not measuring up. (laughs) And at that time I was taking things very personally and Mm -hmm. spun myself into a burnout and depression and took some time off and broke up with love coaching and then came back around to it because I realized that I really do love it. And I do find that I have great success with my clients. I came back to it at the beginning of the pandemic, actually. And since then, so about 2020, 2021, I've been focusing on strategy and just really focusing on the steps in the Hive program Mm -hmm. and building my audience and creating opportunities to connect with women in my audience and make offers. And the things that I found worked for me three, five years ago, don't seem to be working any longer. It used to be the case where I could send out an email with a link to apply for a call or a link to even book a a call. And I'd get five, eight, maybe even 10 people booking calls in the next week. And at this point now, if I could send out five call to action emails and get very little traction from book a call to even follow me on Instagram, Yeah. And it's not that people are not opening my emails. It's not that people aren't clicking on the links. I've been in this process of like, okay, looking at each link in the funnel, like, and trying to answer the question, where is the weak link here? Where is the the leak in my bucket or the leak in my Mm -hmm. funnel? And I don't know. Does that bring us up to date? I think so. I'll just reflect what I heard. So when you first started out, you had some moderate success as a love and relationship coach, you were not in an environment that fed you. So you took a break when you came back. And kind of since you've been back, something has been amiss. And you've spent the last year really committed to investigating what might be amiss. It feels like you're working really hard to see very little results when it comes to client attraction. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. So in some of our Hive calls, we've done some troubleshooting, and I think the layer we're at now really is messaging slash niching. So how about we start there and see what else comes forward? Yeah. So love and relationship coach, what's the story, (laughs) right? What's the story you have around why it's so hard to find clients? Well, there's two main things that my brain believes. One is that it's a wildly saturated market. It's saturated and longstanding. There were, you know, love coaches out there working 20 years before I began. Not that I don't believe I can find success, but, you know, it's, there are a lot of options, let's say. And then the other thing that has always been sort of this present lingering belief is, you know, I'm selling soft skills Uh and I don't have a, tangible outcome that I can guarantee. Like, I can't guarantee you're going to find your soulmate. Boy, do I, I hope you do. And I'm going to work my tail off to support you in that endeavor. You know, so I don't believe in empty promise marketing. Yeah. I don't believe in shame marketing. Mm. And there's another piece of this that like, I really, 
am in mm. such eye roll energy when it comes to some love and relationship guidance marketing. And, you know, and I've tried it, you know, I've done the the shame marketing and it just feels icky inside and out. Huh, I don't I feel why. like it. Shame <laughs> marketing. It sounds like it should really land. <laughs> oh, you're doing it wrong. I mean, that's my core wound is I'm doing it wrong. So why mm-hmm. am I going to tell other people they're doing it wrong? And when it comes down to it, I'm offering relational skills yeah. and I'm offering a growth path and I'm offering a series of practice. And, you know, it takes a very special person to get that and understand that. And I, I absolutely believe they're out there. I've worked with them before. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, and this is what leads me to the niching conversation is that, yeah, I mean, there is a specific population who gets that concept that yeah. it's a practice. And for a high ticket, I offer a very high touch service. Mm-hmm. I do have multiple offerings at the same time. Like, I'm not about to try to advertise a group again until I have some privates and a more robust list than what I have right now. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what my mind believes. Thank you for sharing all of that. One thing that I picked up on, and I just want to make sure if I got it correctly, is there's a thread here, which is the people who are successful in my industry rely on marketing tactics that don't align with my values. So now I'm kind of stuck. Well, I feel like there's a great opportunity there for me to stand out. Okay. I just I just yep. don't know yep. that I've hit it. Yep. Great. So I can relate to this and I'll use myself as an example. And then I want to see, let's play around with how we talk about your niche through the lens of your audience, through the lens of your process, but most importantly, through the lens of your stance. Mm, Okay. Right. I'm so grateful (laughs) to you because we started a niching conversation it was a question you brought to a hive call, which just revealed to me like, oh, we need to talk more about niche, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got yeah. our niching workshop coming up. So if I promise a workshop, I better show up with something to say, right? So I've been really thinking about this and it's illuminated some tools for me that I just was unconscious to. So we'll dive in. But I'll use Great myself thing. as an example. You know, we changed the name of from the Six Figure Coach Club to the Hive this year. And There were a number of reasons behind that. One of them was strictly from a marketing and strategy perspective. Because if you don't know me and you don't know the community, you hear talk of the Six Figure Coach Club and it goes right in the bucket of a lot of other questionable (laughs) services who rely on income claim marketing to sell. And that just didn't feel good to me. So I've now swung in a more authentic direction. It's required more work because the messaging is more subtle. So you kind of have to beat a drum consistently and consistently. But we are now reaping the benefits in such a beautiful way. You see it just with the members who are coming into the program. They're like 110% a perfect fit for the community. So I'm grateful that we have examples of what not to do in your industry because when we get the messaging down, it's going to help you really stand out. So with that, let's approach this conversation from those three angles, your audience, your process, and your stance. I would love if it feels aligned for you to begin with a stance conversation. Sure. So here's what I mean when I say your stance. What's a hill you're willing to die on 
right? It may be a contrarian stance. It may not be, but there is a perspective that you hold about seeking love or being love about your industry that is different from the majority of other coaches out there. So you don't have to find the perfect answer, but talk to me more about what you believe about this process. Yeah. Or what you believe about the industry. You could take it that way too. Yeah. What I see in this industry is there's a lot of marketing targeted towards what women are doing wrong, what women are doing wrong, what they're saying wrong, how they're showing up wrong, that turns men away, that turns men off. And while there may be a grain of truth to humans not having <laughs> my stance is that humans don't have relational skills. Relational skills are not inherent. That's uh-huh. actually, I've created a content around this concept. So maybe that's it. The stance that I'm willing to die on is that relational skills are not inherent. And that, you know, the more we make ourselves wrong, the more we alienate ourselves from love. Mm-hmm. Because what we're doing when we make ourselves wrong is we are judging ourselves and fueling the inner hatred and inner loathing that shows up in our relationships in the first place. So my stance is love, (laughs) love for self, love, compassion, self-compassion, like radical self-compassion. This is hard. You know, this is not an easy process. Goodness, if it were easy, everybody would have outrageous lasting love. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even the most happy couples would not argue or have conflict. And, And that's just not true. Yes. So, Relational skills are not inherent. Conflict happens. The growth is who do we want to be? How do we embody love to not only attract healthy partnership, but grow healthy partnership? Yeah, got it. So some of the things I grabbed there were you can't be wrong enough or you can't feel bad enough to find love. That's good. I like that. Right? Yeah. Another version of that would be like, if you want love, be love. Mm -hmm. I love this stance. Finding love is hard. Anyone who tells you differently is not giving you the full picture. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you is another stance. I love that. Right. So when we talk about your stance, it's really this idea, like what's the drum you're going to beat? I'll use myself as an example. One of, and shout out to Tamika Awai. She really like woke this up in me. But so one of my core stances is marketing shouldn't leave a bad taste in your mouth. You'll see that show up in most of my content in obvious and subtle ways. But so now we're not limited to, all right, my message is this one sentence tagline that has to represent everything. These themes can show up in your content and people start to notice in a different way. Even the people on your list, they start to respond in a deeper and different way. Mm -hmm. So the goal here is to narrow all of it. So if we were to pick three core stances that you're willing to argue for, what might they be? As a starting point today, this is not your final answer. Mm -hmm. I really love there's nothing wrong with you. I've used that in content before. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. I mean, that opens up a whole spiral of other thoughts beneath that. 
I'm a little hesitant to go down the the road of putting it out there that finding love is hard. It's <laughs> so funny because that's the one I just wrote down and underlined. I'm like, this is the one I'm voting for. Can I make a case for it? Let's. Yes, okay. please. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> if we think about the lived experience of your audience, mm-hmm. what is their lived experience? Their lived experience is that it's hard. So by normalizing, yes, by normalizing that. Yeah. Okay. First of all, it's true. Secondly, that says all of these other things about there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken in a way that, that I can hear. Sure. Because now we're sharing a lived experience. Finding love is hard and it's worth it. So I really, out of all of them, that's my number one vote because that's their lived experience. And who else is telling them that? Yeah. And the more we're talking about it, the more I do align with it. And I think that the thing that's coming up for me is that up until recently, maybe two years ago, I would consider myself a love attraction coach. And people would ask me, do you you know, coach partnered women? And I said, oh, no, I'm not ready for that yet. And I've had this massive growth in my coaching, in my relationship, in my lived experience. And where, yes, I now do work with partnered women and, and love that process equally as mm. much as women attracting love. So I'm, I'm wondering if there's a way to include the growing love or the, the I even shy away from saying like, keep love. I know, right? Not something hang, that on. <laughs> hang on to it. Right. <laughs> well, hold on here. Love but is, that is hard. Perspective. Yeah. Love is hard. Love is hard. Sure. Yeah. That's like so refreshing to me. Is it? Okay. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with you. Love is hard. Is there a third one? Yeah, I think the third one would then be sort of the solution or the the answer is that love is a learnable set of skills. Mm. Ah, sort of like love is not this thing you find or this thing that happens to you. It's a skill set that you cultivate. Yeah, and practice. Maybe it's love is a practice not an accident or a fluke. Right. It's intentional. So thinking back to your messaging over the last year, Mm -hmm. is there an opportunity to lean more assertively into these core messages? Absolutely. I I believe so. I've used all of these in content over the last year. Mm -hmm. So I believe there's an opportunity to expand on it. I may not be getting the question. No, you are. You are. Here's my invitation. Only talk about these three things. Okay. (laughs) And not like, hey, hi, everyone. It's Bex. Just a reminder, love is hard. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) But a challenge that you face, and a lot of coaches face this. I do. There is so much involved in the work that we do. No two clients process looks exactly the same, that we make the mistake to try to cover everything. And then it's confusing, or it it becomes less urgent for your audience. We'll take this a step further. But if every piece of content you put out, you could draw a straight line between the thing you're saying, and this core pillar, that's you beating the drum. And what, in my experience, what then happens is when the right clients come forward, 
or the right people subscribe to your list or two women get together and say, have you heard about this Bex Burton? Yeah. She's always talking about how love is hard. It's so refreshing. And then she gives these really great tools. So you become known for your message instead of your expertise. Hmm. Okay. That's what I mean, right? Like what if you had to connect Instagram Live today directly with one of these core themes? And we may find that you have five of them instead of three, but let's pick one of them and then just brainstorm different pieces of content you might create that connect back to one of these. Okay. They're also juicy, but I think the one I'm being most drawn to expand upon is that love is a practice or a skill set. Yeah. Great. So love is a skill set. Can you think of a personal experience or a client that you've worked with where there was a skill that was cultivated? Sure. (laughs) I'd say in my own experience and Mm -hmm. with all of my clients, self-awareness is one of the skill sets that we begin with. Mindfulness. I'm going to keep it really granular. Let's stick with self-awareness. Sure. Great. Right. So you're going to create a video, write a post, it doesn't matter, but I'm just imagining you creating a video. What it might look like is, good morning. Today, we're going to talk about self-awareness because love is a practice. It's not a fluke. So developing the practice of self-awareness opens the doors to deeper communication or expressing your needs or whatever that benefit is. So Mm -hmm. let me tell you a story about my client, Sally, and her journey around self-awareness. Okay. So you still get to talk about almost everything, right? But we articulate the connection between this piece of content and this Tamika's language, right? This core nurture theme. Right. The nurture themes. Yes. Yes. So now your audience starts to really get it. Okay. And now without using any shame marketing or scarcity marketing, there's urgency in your shared beliefs. Okay. Yeah. I like where you're going with this. I can definitely stand firmly in these three stances that we've identified, these three nurture themes. Sure. Is that her sure. word for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see how those are the overarching themes that all the content points back to. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of that is underway and I can, you know, now that bring some consciousness to it and have every, and what I'm hearing you say is that every piece of content, every piece of communication draws back to one of these themes. Mm -hmm. There may be two more. I had a question about that. I just want to be clear that it would draw back to one theme and not get cloudy or muddled with like combining themes. (laughs) Just keep it really clean and simple with one theme that the content draws back to. Yeah. Keep it clean and simple for sure. And we want to narrate the connection, right? So it's never implied. Play the game of like, it's an Easter egg hunt. Like, where am I going to (laughs) hide or not hide, right? (laughs) This core theme, there's nothing wrong with you. Where am I saying that sentence in this piece of content? Love is a practice, not a fluke. Where am I saying that sentence? Okay. You were going to ask a question. Yeah. When you said narrate the connection, is that like using language like the reason why this is so important is because or that kind of transitional language? Yep. Or even like, P.S., just in case you forgot, there's nothing wrong with you. You couldn't be blatant about it and ungraceful. 
Okay. Right? But we just want to make sure that, because I'm seeing it. And again, we'll link to Tamika's site, everybody, but I've had major breakthroughs this year in my relationship to content and messaging. And it all began when she came on this show. Mm -hmm. um, and then we worked together and I've just really been fully embracing it. So I want to shout her out for sure. But it's shifted for me, like, oh, this gets to be strategic and intentional mm -hmm. instead of let me put some stuff out there because I'm supposed to and hopefully things will happen and it just feels less inspiring. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the step around this, Bex, is two things. Number one, what's wrong with my industry or missing from my industry? A stance that I'm willing to take. Mm-hmm. Once it's to see if there are other pieces to add here. I love less being more, but mm -hmm. we also don't want to leave anything glaring out. Sure. And then give yourself an hour, an afternoon, 10 minutes to just practice what we just did, right? I'm going to pick one of these nurture themes. All right. There's nothing wrong with you. Can I think of an example to illustrate that point in a tangible way mm -hmm. and start to outline some content and some messaging? Okay. Because what that also might reveal is what else is missing from my list of themes here? Yeah, sure. Okay. And so this fits under the niching category of stance. Mm -hmm. So I want these to be strong opinions, not necessarily contrarian, but that would be awesome if they were all sure. like a record scratch. Wait, what did she just say? Something your mm -hmm. audience believes, right? Or needs to believe that they're not hearing elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll marinate on that one a little bit. I think one of the things that came up in one of our recent Hive calls when I was in the hot seat was something like, you don't need a man, you want a man. Yes. Or you don't need love. But it would be nice or it was something like that, right? Something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the three that we have are very strong and I can totally run with them. I like your idea that as I get into this, more may reveal themselves. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust, or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you want to build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because... Accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the superpower quiz. You can find it now at sixfigurecoachquiz.com. Let's segue, because we just started to anyhow, to the conversation about niching around your audience. So this Great. is usually, when we have niching conversations, this is usually what people focus on. Like, can I get more specific about my dream client? And we get more specific about surface level details that don't matter, 
right? Okay, I'm going to get more specific. Yes, they make between fifty and seventy-five thousand dollars a year. So now I'm more specific, <laughs> and that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so let's just play the game and see if we could get ten percent or more specific about really who you serve. Mm-hmm. Sure. So walk us through how you describe your dream client now. Tell us who you serve. Yeah. So I feel like this is messy because this is a lot of new clarity that's come through for me in the last year or two. But the work that I do and the skills that I teach and the coaching that I offer best support women who land on one or both sides of the same coin. And that is on one hand, she is unskillful. Let's just call her unskillful in love. She does not have a lot of self-awareness. She doesn't recognize that she has needs. She doesn't often recognize that she has feelings. And there's a whole host of reasons why that she, you know, talks to her therapist about. But in relationship, she has a history of people pleasing and denying herself so much to the point that she may lose herself in relationship mm-hmm. and then get frustrated and you know, have some kind of explosive breakup. This happens enough times that she kind of turns to the other side of the coin where she rejects love and starts to blame men or blame relationships or love or or whatever it is that is outside of herself for having the experiences that she has. And so while in her heart, she believes that it might be nice to have a partner, it might be nice to not have to do everything all by herself or, you know, have another stupid Friendsgiving. <laughs> she just doesn't, that thing, you like that? I just came up with that recently. <laughs> That's my email next week. There's a disconnect that she can do better. Or, yeah. or maybe she's at the point now, because I think that there is a bit of a learning curve and she's at the point now where she recognizes that she can do better that she lacks the skill set and now she wants to move forward in growth. Got it. So your ideal audience consists of women who are somewhere on this same pendulum. When in relationship they lose themselves and they've had enough explosive painful breakups that their definition of what a relationship looks like is the last thing that they want. So they have designed a life that they're relatively happy with. They're independent. They have a, enough friends to have a Friendsgiving. <laughs> they have, so they've really, they're really at a state where they believe, or maybe not believe, but like tell themselves that it's something that they don't need or don't want. Yeah. And I think that the, this is the distinction that's come through for me in the last month since we last had a conversation about this. I think the, the ideal woman has kind of gotten a little bit past that. Maybe she was there in her 30s, but now that she's in her like 40s or 50s, now there's a realization that, oh yeah, I actually do want this. And maybe there's just this growth that's happened in her where she has more personal responsibility or she, I just want to avoid the uphill battle of trying to convince a woman that she wants a relationship. Because I I, I know, right. yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I just want to, <laughs> I want to she's stick a right. pencil in my ear. That is the opposite. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, something stuck out to me, and I want to hear more about it. When you mentioned explosive breakups, that, I mean, <laughs> there could be a whole niche in sure. there. Yeah. What do you want to hear about yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even really know what my question is, but let me think about that for a second. Let's play the game. Sure. If you were 
niched all the way down to serving women who have a history of explosive breakups and whether they're in a relationship or not, helping them break the pattern Mm -hmm. of that drama cycle. What might that look like? Yeah, that's interesting. I like where you're going with finding sort of the common thread. And I don't know that I have enough data to back Mm -hmm. up the explosive breakup as the the golden Mm -hmm. thread. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that that is something that I draw from, from my own history. I have heard other women talk about that, but I don't know that that's a universal experience. Is it enough of an experience to keep a full client roster and fill your programs? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe explosive isn't the word. Maybe it's dramatic. Sure. Yeah. Any breakup I've ever had. I'm happily married. I've been married for 14 years. Shout out to Andrew. Thank you for being you. But it's been very dramatic. Any breakup, right? Yeah, sure. Here's what's coming forward for me. And let's identify an action step for you around this. Okay. I mentioned it earlier, but often the mistake we make when we niche around our audience is we niche around characteristics Mm -hmm. rather than an experience. And what I'm inviting you to do here is niche around the experience and the Mm -hmm. specific one, like a history of dramatic breakups. Okay. So my question is, other than letting that percolate, What's an action you might take to uncover that shared audience experience that you could hang your hat on? An actionable step. Two things are coming to mind. One is conduct more spark interviews Mm -hmm. with willing women. The other idea is just to test this in my content and see if there's any comments or Mm -hmm. feedback on, on Me Too experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's res- resonance, if I describe it, you know, I talk about it in my webinar a little bit about my my own trajectory and how three <laughs> dramatic breakups <laughs> sort of led me to the path of self-awareness and, and growth. And I do get some resonance in the chat when I talk about the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the explosiveness, yes, the drama, the codependent nightmare and mess. Right. So, yeah, I think those are two things that I could take on for sure. Yeah. Great. To, test this. And a a potential, yes, to test this. I think we're really onto something with this. So I think those are the first steps. And then in that work, if you realize, okay, it's not actually dramatic breakups, a step to find out what it might be would be make a list of your three to 12, right? I'm pulling those numbers out of the sky. Favoritest of favorite clients that you've worked with in the last six years. Yeah. What is the shared experience that they all have in common? I'm getting so inspired here because if we just stuck with this theme, this audience theme of explosive or dramatic breakups, listen, love is hard. We've all had our fair share of dramatic breakups. So it makes sense that you would hesitate to find the love that you want or even convince yourself that you don't want it. The stage is set for this very clear message that will help you stand out without doing anything gross, right? Mm -hmm. Or without narrowing down in a weird way where it's like, I help corporate executives who work 80 hours or more a week find a partner who sees them for who they are. It's like, what are we doing? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So we talked about how to start niching down and narrowing your message around your stance. Mm -hmm. 
I love what we've uncovered here around narrowing down around your audience. Do you have any insights or questions you want to share related to either of those two pieces before we now talk about the third way to niche, which is your process? Yeah, well, even just in what you were saying just now, lit up another sort of experience to highlight. And that's women who, in the past, Mm -hmm. who've tried to convince themselves that they don't want it. That right. they don't want a partnership or love. So that's great because I know that that's also a very common experience in the women that I work with or yeah. and also want to work with. Yeah. You know what just occurred to me is I think often we are clearer about our target audience than we give ourselves credit for, but we don't communicate it explicitly in our marketing. Right. We've mm-hmm. done an ideal client avatar worksheet, and then that's this like secret thing we keep to ourselves instead of really spelling it out for people. Listen, I know that you've probably gotten lost in relationships before and had your fair share of explosive breakups. Just again, beating the drum, talking about that over and over again. So your people trust you enough to take a very scary leap, putting their money where their mouth is and Mm -hmm. doing this very hard work. Okay. Can we move on to niching around your process? Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to use myself as an example just to illustrate this for you and for our our listeners. There are, I don't know if you noticed, but there are a lot of coaches who coach coaches out there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right? I've been really actually, speaking of Tamika, we were talking about it. I'm like, I almost want to have fun with that. And my tagline is, I'm a coach who coaches coaches on how to get coaching clients. Like, how how much can we beat this horse? But... (laughs) Anyhow, so one thing that illustrates my niche is my process. And my process is not sexy and it's not fast. It's all about habits and tracking data and building one layer at a time, which is very different from a lot of what we hear out there. And so Mm -hmm. I talk about the philosophy right? And the approach behind my process. And that's another reason why I can kind of get away with what your business coach for coaches, welcome to the club. (laughs) But I'm very niched around my stance, right? And around my process. So the niche piece around the audience is a lot less specific. So if we looked through the lens of your process, how would your Favoritest of favorite clients you've worked with before, describe the way your process is different from what they see out there. I should have my testimonials pulled up right now. (laughs) I think one of the things is the focus on self. I don't know that that's like extremely unique. I know that there are other coaches Mm -hmm. who who do that, but my work is very much focused on self-love, self-acceptance, self-compassion, eliminating black and white thinking, creating more space for possibility. I would say there's something there around your process not focusing on, this isn't the right word, Bex, but manipulation. Like, don't do this if you want a man. Like, that's how to be manipulative instead of authentic. Yeah, there's no tips or tricks. There's Mm. no... (laughs) (laughs) There's no how to get a man... There's no, if this, then that, you know, there's no formulas. I do offer conversation frameworks and other tools, but they're tools. They're not tricks and strategies. You know, they're, they're more like 
things that you practice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, you know, I, I often will will talk about like comparing a, a love attraction journey to a weight loss journey or a fitness journey because it's it's not instantaneous. There's no switch that you flip, and it's a commitment every day to yeah. either your partner or your process. Yes, I think we just hit onto something that to me feels very clear. Like your process is. Like, I'm not going to teach you love hacks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there are no tips or tricks. That's not what we're doing here. And really owning that. Yeah. That may not be There's no magic text. There's no magic text that you send. (laughs) We're not going to talk about the best angle for your profile photo for Bumble. (laughs) (laughs) Though we do get into that. I do talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to... We're flying here. We're improvising. But here's how this all lands together. It begins with an understanding and a full-throated commitment to your stance. It does not begin with the audience. So our stance informs those core pillars that all of our messaging comes back to. From there, the next layer is niching the audience message around the experience, not the person. And then we pepper in how the process is different. And not, here's how I'm different, but like, let me tell you what's wrong with love hacks. We're talking at, what was it before? Self-awareness. That was the example you gave, right? We're talking about self-awareness. And guess what? I'm not going to give you a 90-second formula to follow to be more self-aware. That's not actually how it works. So like, we're just really narrating mm-hmm. kind of what's broken in your industry mm-hmm. and the truth about the the journey your clients are going to be on. Yeah. How does all of this land for you? This is landing beautifully. I, I'll say that, you know, a lot of this is super helpful. A lot of this is super affirming. I got like more than a few toes in the water of this direction. As you're aware, I created a webinar this year, and one of the things that I unpacked was that essentially, like, women get stuck in their head because they're relying too much on tips and tricks. Yes. And they consume these tips and tricks, but then these tips and tricks end up, you know, being stored, you know, like the free thing that you download and forget about until you clean out your hard drive. And that skills are not something that you just have. They are daily practices. So I feel, yeah, I feel really affirmed in this process piece. I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm headed in that direction and I, I can definitely like lean more heavily in this yeah. for sure. That's what's coming up for me is it's all there, but now I just want to like yeah. right, narrow it in and feel like you're a broken record. I want you to feel like you're a broken record okay. beating this yeah. drum because yeah. This is how you stand out. It's also how we amplify and accelerate the trust that needs to exist before a client is willing to invest in themselves through this work. It's super vulnerable, the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so it has to be that narrow. I really love this, Dallas, because I I do feel like I have a connected audience of fans and you know people that really get a lot of my writing and my, you know, the things that I share with them. But I, 
I love the idea of keeping it stupid simple with like these three themes, mm-hmm. you know, because we're we're the only ones who notice, right, <laughs> that we're beating the same drum and that we're a broken record. Completely. I used to be like, like right. a Pilates, as a, a Pilates teacher for a long time, I was like, oh my God, we did the same thing last week, but these folks are only coming in once a week or they're only reading the emails once a week or twice a week or right. whatever. And this is not what they're living, breathing eating, sleeping, you know, like we are as the mm-hmm. the content creator. So I yeah. I can see where I can just go to town with three to five themes and go in mul- many different directions, but yeah. like keep coming back to these three things. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me very excited. Ah, me too. And I'm just thinking, so if we look, look at the client search process, right? The shift that hopefully can occur with referral partners, okay? So let me spell this out for our listeners. You ask, you're a love and relationship coach and I adore you and you're awesome. And I want to send my friend, but other than, well, she's a love and relationship coach. You should check her out versus she's a love and relationship coach and she's the only one talking about explosive breakups. And I know you have a history of that. You should go check her out. It even just makes the referral process easier because your stance is so freaking clear, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All of the pieces we talk about on the Hive, it just accelerates them because of the specificity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of specificity, I'm, I'm curious if something that came up actually in a Hive breakout session uh-huh. with one of our lovely members brought to my attention. She in our conversation, I was describing my the women that I work with, and another common experience is a father wound. And I'm wondering if that might be too specific or if like that's too psychological, or mm. I wonder if there's room for that to be a shared experience in the the audience niche part. Yeah, I think it's all about how you communicate it. Yeah. Okay. So your dream, like if it was, let's talk about your father wound. Is that the language your favorite clients use to describe what's happening? It's probably more like the words that her ex-boyfriend used to describe her or right. or said something like, you got to you gotta take care of that daddy wound of yours or something before, I don't know. I right. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the experience is being told you have daddy issues. Daddy issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. So that's such control a control issues could also be, yeah. Or great. control very, issues, right? Yeah. It's such a clear example of using our words versus you using our clients' words. Yeah. Right. That's great. Great. Okay. So I'm feeling like, you know, we've been on this journey trying to find the missing link. And what's coming up for me, I want to hear how this lands for you. Is there maybe there isn't a missing link? It's just there's, we, we're just seeing where there's room to go all in on this link that's been there. And yeah. it's the going all in that makes the invitation to work with you much more clear and a decision mm-hmm. much more obvious to make. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think what it is really is a new link, you know, because mm. prior to my time away from love coaching, I did not have a clear picture of who my skill set benefits most. And on this side of it, having worked with as many clients as I have and having taken a little space, a little breather and gone even deeper in my own work and my own relationship, like, boy, is it so clear, you know, and it came to me out on a walk, like sometime mid last year, this idea of 
fiercely independent women. And I've just kind of been pulling that thread ever since. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right. I don't think it's really been a missing link. I think it's just this new link that is being more like fully developed and fortified in the chain. Yep. I really hear it. And also looping in the strategy around this, which is, this is what I'm hanging my hat on. I'm going all in on this and claiming my space in this industry. Instead of, okay, I got to find some clients. So what? Like, so then we just become a little loose. Right. What happens yeah. when I go all in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Is there anything else you want to ask or share before we wrap up our conversation today? Well, I will share that, you know, just being focused on the process and given the steps and the the trajectory that we've gone down today, like this really is meaty and this gives me so much to play with and experiment with oh no Um, you didn't (laughs) (laughs) I did I had to Um, but it just you know for me it really alleviates the personalization and the historic pain and frustration around how it shows up in my results you know part of this process of me being an entrepreneur has been uh, being process oriented and not being so outcome focused So this just is a great, more layers of focus for being process orientation. And I'm just, I'm really excited about it. Great. Me too. I think my goal was like, I want to find that gem that we haven't seen. And I, I'm really feeling confident that we found it, or at least we found the thing that's going to lead us to the thing. So totally, totally. um, Do you need any accountability inside the hive around our conversation today? How can we support you? That's a great, great question. Well, I think that, I mean, the accountability that I would be looking for would just be that, and I'll keep it simple, is that one of three themes is present in all of my public-facing communications, at least between now and the end of the year, and I'll just kind of focus on that. Yeah. Great. I think that's brilliant. And you can also, you know where to find me, right? You can ask questions and share your process. It'll be helpful for others. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was Mm. a really illuminating conversation, and I'm feeling hopeful and excited to see how this unfolds for you. Me too. Thank you so much for your insight and your, your constant support. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening. We will see you back here next week. Bye bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week. Mm